So what is your favorite song or your favorite style of music and why? Are you perhaps a country music fan? Do you like some smooth jazz? Do you still like that old-time rock and roll, the kind of music that just soothes the soul? Little Bob Seger. Do you turn to the hymns of faith when your soul needs a lift or contemporary music? What is it that you need? What is the song? What is the type of music that soothes your soul? You see, music has a way of sort of capturing our hearts and our thoughts and our emotions. It's amazing sometimes when you hear a song that comes on the radio or it comes up on your playlist and you can imagine or you can think it takes you back to the time that you first heard that song and, and the memory of a place. It's amazing, really, that we can think or remember lyrics to a song that you haven't heard in years. Isn't that amazing? The, the musicians just have a way of putting words and a melody together that we remember it. It's really interesting how music works. There's some songs that, that just pump you up. They just energize you. That's the goal of the song is to get you filled up and energized and excited. And there are other songs that have a way of just getting into your heart and they make you cry because they capture something so beautiful and so precious and so special that it's hard to describe. Music just has a way of getting into our soul, into something that's deep within us, and putting words together that we can't always express. Music is just good for the soul. In the midst of these uncertain times, it's been a, a long election week waiting to see who is going to emerge as our next president. With the uncertainty in our schools, with the uptick of COVID cases in our community, what will Thanksgiving look like? What will Christmas look like? A whole host of other things that might be on your mind this morning. And in the midst of those times for me, when everything seems jumbled in my head, I really turn to music because it helps to, to settle my brain and my heart. I, I turn to Christian music, some of the stuff that we've even um, sung this morning and I like to get in my radio and I turn it up when I'm by myself and I sing loud and I'm off key and I don't care because it's just a way that I get a chance to refuel myself this morning we're going to take a look at what David did how he focused on God how he concentrated on God in the midst of all that he was going through in his own life the uncertainties of his life the trials of his life the various celebrations of his life he turned to music, and he wrote some of the most treasured words in all of Scripture, and we're going to look this morning, we're going to look at David's prayer journal, the Psalms, and we're going to see how he used this method to grow his faith, to grow his relationship with God by putting words, by putting melody to his prayers, to his thoughts, how it helps him to focus on God and how it can help us as well. So let's pray as we get started this morning. Lord Jesus, you are good all the time, in every way and in every place. And Lord, there's a lot on our minds and our hearts in these days. But I pray in this moment that you would help us to put those things aside and just to focus on you, to focus on your word, to be open to how your Holy Spirit wants to speak to each one of us this morning. So, Lord, we offer ourselves to you in the precious name of Christ. Amen. 
So the book of Psalms really is the place where the emotions of the human soul can find expression. Whatever your mood is, there's a psalm that will help you, I think, to express it. If you're glad and you're really happy, I can help you find a psalm that will help you celebrate. Are you sad in those moments where you just feel down? I can help you find a psalm that might put to words some of the things that you're feeling in your heart. The psalms help us in no matter where we are, this whole range of human emotions. In every one of the psalms, from the first to the last, the writer is always conscious of God. That's what makes the psalms, this music, these poems, different than any other collection anywhere, is because the writer, whoever it is that's writing, makes a conscious effort to focus on God. Now David, he composed uh, these songs and hymns to God that really formed the faith of Israel. How many psalms are there in the book of Psalms? Do you know? Quiz for you this morning. You didn't know you were going to have to do that. But how many psalms are there in the book of Psalms? Anybody? 150. Yep, 150 psalms. Now, scholars believe that David wrote about 75 of them. David is attributed to have written about half, about 75 of the psalms. And the psalms here in Scripture were the early church's hymnal. It's what they sang from. Okay, it's what they went to, to be able to, to be in worship and to do that together. They were able to do that through the Psalms. And Jesus even prayed the Psalms when he was dying on the cross. The Psalms, they really are the heart and soul of God's people. Sort of the real life response of God's people to all life circumstances and everything that they were experiencing. And David wrote about many things, many times in his life. But the word refuge surfaces over and over again in these psalms of David. He uses them over, he uses this word refuge over 40 times in the psalms that he did. He looks, he wants to include this over and over again in what he's writing. But never did he do it more poignantly than in Psalm 57, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. The introduction to this passage explains a little bit of his back, of its background. If you look at it in the little italics, it says, when David had fled from Saul into the cave. That's the point of which he's writing this. He has nowhere to turn. Life is very uncertain. What is he going to do? He feels all alone. He feels like he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have anything going for him. But in the midst of that, he remembers that he's not alone. And so he writes these words, Psalm 57, 1 and 2. You'll see them up on the screen. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. For in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the storm has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. When he's, when he's down, when he's feeling uncertain, when he isn't sure what to do, David cries out his need for a refuge. Now this is a Hebrew term that speaks of a protective place. A place of safety, a place of security. No matter what happens, he wants to know that there's a safe place, a place that is certain, a place that doesn't change, that he can go to for strength. And he's looking, yes, for a physical place. He wants a place to hide from his enemy. But in essence, he wants a place for his soul to find a rest, his soul to find a hiding place, something that makes sense for him near to the heart of God. And so I want us to look at this psalm in a little bit of detail because you'll find it's a pattern and you'll find in most psalms and it's a pattern that we can use for our own prayers and our own lives as well. 
So in the midst of trouble, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of the highs and the lows of life, David first turns to the living God. He turns to the living God. He says, have mercy on me, O God. I cry out to God most high. Now let's admit, most of us, we enjoy times when life is going well, when we feel happy. We like to celebrate at a wedding. We like to celebrate when there is a birth of a baby. We like to enjoy times when, when life is pretty, you know, status quo, when, when life's going good, when it's easy to rejoice and Thanksgiving comes easily. And while those are times of blessing, they aren't all the times in life. Amen? We have all kinds of ups and downs in life, and though we want stuff to remain steady and we want it to be status quo, it doesn't allow for anything new or anything visionary. And so David, he turns to God, who is our, his refuge, and a reminder to make God our refuge too. Not our job, not your spouse, not your reputation or your retirement account. We are called to make God our refuge. To let him encircle us, not our problems. To let him be the foundation on which we stand. Wilderness survivors find refuge in God's presence. And so over and over again, in these psalms, you're going to find out that in the beginning, the psalmist is recognizing and placing themselves in God's care, recognizing God in their life. And second comes the next section, where David is incredibly honest before God. David is incredibly honest before God. He doesn't edit how he feels. He doesn't clean it up before he prays. He just tells it like it is. Check out these next verses. Can you imagine saying these exact things, writing them in your prayer, or putting them to music, they don't really soothe the soul, for instance. He says this, I am in the midst of lions. I lie among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress, and they dug a pit in my path. Not exactly the words that soothe the soul, do they? But they're honest words. And this is how David is feeling. He describes the situation as he sees it. He says, God, this is not fair. It feels overwhelming. These guys are after me for no reason. Fill in your own situation, whatever it is that you're feeling. Why, do I, why does this have to happen? Why are we going through this? I feel this. I feel that. The joys or the struggles, whatever it is, we can just be honest before God. We don't have to clean it up. Sometimes we might be reluctant to pray if we're, if we're sort of mad at God or we're angry at somebody else and we feel like, well, that's not very holy. Do we think that God's going to reject our prayer because we're not super happy at the moment? No. God wants to hear from us. God wants to know what's on your heart and what's on your mind. You don't have to clean it up before you get there. Just tell God like it is. If you're happy or sad or joyful or glad or mad or angry, whatever, God doesn't withhold his love for us when we're mad at him. He's a big God. He can take it. So just get it out. Confess what you're feeling. Most psalms have a section of lament. This is a section where the writer describes how life is really hard. Now there's a difference, I think, between lament and complaint. Complaint is something that we do from time to time, right? And it's, it's our way of getting out these feelings. Sometimes we call it venting. And we just complain about something. We spill a whole bunch of negativity out there. 
And the problem with complaining is it doesn't really do anything. And it brings down the people around us. Sometimes we spout about it on Facebook or whatever. There's a difference between complaint and lament. To, do, to lament is to complain to God and to trust God to do something about it. When we lament in prayer, when we lament in what we're thinking or feeling, we complain to God, but we trust him to do something about it. That's the difference. We say, Lord, you know my every thought anyway. So here it is. Here are my feelings. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm concerned. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm elated. I'm happy. Whatever it is. God knows all of that anyway. We just get it out. Lord, this is how I feel. And we trust him to work out the situation. And so you're going to see that psalm after psalm begins with a recognition of God in one's life. And then often there's a time of lament where you just talk about the hard stuff of life and they're very honest and they're very to the point about it. But then notice what David does when he gets done lamenting. Verse 7. He says, My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. It's a choice. It's a decision to trust in the steadfast, unchanging presence of God in the midst of uncertain times. And no matter what happens all around us, God will not and does not change. And so David makes the choice in this psalm, he makes a choice to praise. He makes a conscious choice to trust God in the midst of this situation. Catherine Marshall, a beloved author, shares this story about her friend Marge. She said Marge had this experience aboard a plane that was bound for Cleveland. She was sitting in her seat and she was waiting for takeoff. And as she settled into her seat, she noticed a strange phenomenon. As she looked out the uh, side window on this side, she saw a beautiful sunset that just went through the entire sky. It was magnificent and beautiful. But in her seat right next to her, when she looked out the window, it was this dark and foreboding sky. She couldn't see anything about the sunset. And as she was sitting there, and the plane's engines began to roar, there was a gentle voice that spoke within her. You've noticed the windows, the Lord murmured beneath the roar and thrust of the takeoff. Your life, too, will include some very happy and some beautiful times, but it will also include some dark shadows. So here's a lesson that I want to teach you to save you much heartache and allow you to abide in me with continual peace and joy. You see, it doesn't matter which window you look out. This plane is still going to Cleveland. So it is in your life, too. You have a choice. You can dwell on the gloomy picture or you can dwell on the bright things and leave those dark, ominous situations to me. I alone can handle them anyway. And the final destination is not influenced by what you see or what you feel or even what you think. Learn this. Act on it. And you will be able to be released and experience the peace that passes all understanding. 
And I was thinking about that story because it's a story for you and for me too. Which window are you going to choose to look out? Which window are you going to choose to focus on in these days? Because you see the truth? The truth is that transformation often occurs in the midst of turbulence. We seldom grow in settled times. Times of uncertainty, they drive us to our knees, they make us dependent upon God in ways that often can't be accomplished in the good times. What often drives us to pray? It's a problem or a challenge. Lord, I need some help here. And we grow closer to God through times of adversity, through times of challenge, through times of struggle. David, he writes these psalms for all kinds of occasions. He writes the beautiful, comforting words of Psalm 23. You've heard many times, probably. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. David sought God when he needed direction, when he needed guidance in his life in Psalm 25. He writes, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. He cried out to God when he needed forgiveness in Psalm 51. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The Psalms, they're a place for us to turn. A place for us to turn when our heart is hurting or when you feel uncertain or when you feel overjoyed or when you need to be reminded of the goodness of God. What made David a leader worth following? What made him a man after God's own heart? I think it was because in every moment, in every situation, in the good times of life and in the bad, he was always the one who turned to God. He poured out his heart to God. He was brutally honest and he learned to trust. He made the choice to praise. And it allowed his relationship with Christ to deepen every day. So here's the challenge. Here's the challenge that I'm going to ask you for the rest of this month of November. If you don't already have a, a reading plan or you're not already reading scripture, I want to encourage you to start with Psalm 1 and read one psalm a day for the rest of this month. Most of the early psalms, not every single one of them, but most of them were written by David up until Psalm 70. And as you look at those uh, psalms, you're going to notice right underneath the, the number a little bit of italics there. And it'll tell you this was written by David. So good times to be able to read this psalm and allow it to be your prayer. Allow it to be words that you get a chance to express to the Lord maybe what's going on in your mind. And so I want to challenge you to that. If you're not already doing something else, take these moments, take these days, month of November, and start there and read one psalm a month and allow it to capture your heart. For you see, all of us need a refuge, <clears throat> a place to hide, sometimes a place to heal, a willing, caring, available someone, a confidence, a comrade in arms, that we can find David's shelter. The one he called my strength, my mighty rock, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer. We know him by another name, 
And that's Jesus. And he's still available to all of us as we need someone to care and somebody to depend on and somebody to turn to every single moment of our life. And David turned to the living God, and in that he found a place to rest and to repair. Cornered and challenged by adversity and struggling with discouragement and anxiety and despair, he wrote these words in his journal, In thee, O Lord, I have taken refuge. And it's sometimes in these kind of times that you and I too might find our sweetest psalms, those songs that ring in our heart, that encourage our heart and our soul. I want to close this morning with a poem. It's entitled, Take Them Back by Judy Frank, and I think it describes what we often do. She writes, I give my problems to the Lord, and then I take them back. It's not back. And I'm so sure that I've given all my problems onto him, and at once I realize that I'm burdened down again. I don't understand the reason that I've taken them all back. So, Lord, I bring them onto you again. Please, take them back. Like David, let us take our uncertainties to the Lord, the living God, to be incredibly honest before him about whatever it is that you're thinking or feeling and to make the choice to praise even in the midst of it. All of us, we can choose which window we're going to look out. The one with the beautiful sunset or the one with the foreboding sky. All of us make that choice as we journey through life one day at a time. So may you find your strength and your hope in the refuge of God's hand. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are our strength. You are our hope. You are our deliverer. You are the one on whom we depend and on whom, in whom we trust. And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for these psalms, the words that were penned so long ago. But, Lord, that, that sort of capture our hearts and our minds and our thoughts in a beautiful way. It's like music and a balm for our soul. And so, Lord, I pray. I pray that we would dig into your word, that they might encourage our heart and our mind, and that we might find our strength and our hope in you. Thanks, Lord Jesus. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.